0: Hello, friends. Welcome to the Premature Bible Institute. I'm Doug Scheibel, your free-range podcaster with Ethnos 360, and just want to say thanks for coming again today. Appreciate uh, all the time that you've spent so far, so many lessons, and uh, we're just getting to the point now where the Redeemer's uh, just about to come on the scene, and so we just want to talk about that a little bit. You know, God really is an amazing God. He's done so much, and He's done so Uh, So many great things throughout history, all through history, for the last 4,000 years, uh, all we see is failure and misery and people turning away from God and doing their own thing and reaping the consequences of those decisions. And all the while, God is trying to get them back to him, to come to him, like I said in Ezekiel 33 there, where he says that he has no pleasure in the death of the wicked. But that the wicked turn from his evil way and come to him. And so the whole time, for the whole 4,000 years, he's trying to get people to come and return to him, and yet they wouldn't do it. Although, there was always a remnant. uh, Some people he did, but it was a very small minority, much like it is today. So we want to continue on with this now a little bit. I just want you to think about all those lessons and all that's happened throughout history. All the different things where God has really been blessing the people, the Israelites and so on, and yet the people just uh, um, would not listen to him. And so he's put him in captivity so that they would learn their lesson. And um, just a little bit of a review of last lesson, I want to talk about uh, what we talked about. One, John was born, John who would become the Baptist, John the Baptist. So he's born to Zacharias and uh, Elizabeth, and so uh, that's going along now and everything. The the one who is the messenger that would prepare the way for the deliverer, now he has come on the scene. And Zecharias he goes to the temple, and when uh, he goes to dedicate John, all of a sudden, remember, when he uh, first went in and the angel told Zacharias that he was going to have a son— he, he was just like he couldn't believe it. It wasn't that he, I don't think, doubted God. He was just stunned. And how can this happen? So in a way to show that he was going to do it, God made it so that Zacharias couldn't speak. He would just be, uh, the word was dumb that they used to use, where he was mute and couldn't speak. And so all that time during Elizabeth's pregnancy and so on, um, Zacharias couldn't say anything. Now he goes in to dedicate his son in the temple, and he goes in and Zacharias speaks. He comes out and he says some things. He said that God was going to fulfill his promise to Israel. Uh, He said that John would prepare the way for the deliverer. He said the deliverer would be the Lord himself. It wasn't some person uh, that could, you know, just kind of fight a battle for him, but it was going to be God himself would be the deliverer. And uh, only the deliverer would be able to deal with the sin issue once and for all. And so he's letting them know all these things so they can expect this and understand that. Now, everyone in the world has been born in spiritual blindness. Everybody. There isn't anybody uh, that hasn't been. But there is a light which can lead people out of darkness uh, and out of Satan's control. And it would have to be this deliverer that would do it. But God only sent one deliverer into the world. He didn't send a lot of deliverers under uh, different names but all be in the same person. No, no, it wasn't anything like that. There would be only one deliverer, and it would be uh, the one God marked would be the one. And there couldn't be anybody else. Uh, we talked about that a little bit last week. So <clears throat> this person who was going to come on the scene uh, would be Jesus. Uh, and we'll talk about that here in Matthew uh, chapter one, verse 1, verses 1 and 2. It says this, The book of the genealogy of Jesus Christ, the Son of David, The son of Abraham. So I want to talk about that for just a second. So Matthew is writing all of this after the fact. It's already taken place. All of this stuff has taken place. So he's writing a historical account of everything that has happened up to this point. And so Matthew is telling us what this book is about, what he's writing about. And this book is about the genealogy of Jesus Christ. So Jesus Christ is the one, uh, the deliverer who would come. And who was he? He was the son of David the son of Abraham. So as a son of David, he was a lion of the he would be of the tribe of Judah. And what was the promise given back there to um, uh, David that you know one day uh, one of his descendants would take over the throne of would be the throne of David and he'd rule forever. And then the other one was that David was the son of Abraham. And what they mean by the son, they don't mean literally the son, that Abraham was his literal father. But it means that he was of the line of Abraham. And Christ would be of the line of David. And so that was what was going on. And then it says this. Then uh, Matthew starts to list this genealogy of who, uh, who gave birth to who. So Abraham begot Isaac. In other words, Abraham gave birth. You know, uh, his son was Isaac. Isaac begot Jacob, and Jacob begot Judah and his brothers. So <clears throat> he's listing the line here. There's Abraham, Isaac, Jacob, and then Judah. Judah. So uh, Jesus was of the line of Judah. All right. So the Old Testament. This was an Old Testament prophecy concerning the deliverer. Uh, the What we uh, know about Abraham and Isaac and Jacob and Judah and so on. Those are Old Testament prophecies concerning the liver. But the New Testament prophecy is now being fulfilled. So as uh, all that uh, was told in the past, now is starting to be fulfilled. So Isaiah, let me read. Uh, that was the New Testament prophecy being fulfilled. Jesus being the son of David, the son of Abraham. What was the Old Testament prophecy? It says this in Isaiah 9-7. Of the increase of his government and peace, there will be no end. Upon the throne of David, you see, he talks about the son of David, upon the throne of David and over his kingdom, to order it and establish it with judgment and justice from that time forward, even forever. The zeal of the Lord of hosts will perform this. So what he's saying is there that the line of David, this this deliverer, would eventually come and take care of the problem once and for all, and there would be an eternal kingdom. And we'll talk more about that as time goes on. Now, I want you to understand something. Now, there's a lot of ways you could look at this and people say, well, yeah, Jesus could be the one. But, you know, there's a lot of there's there's always a chance it could be someone else or he could be not fulfill the prophecy. So one thing we do know is in this prophecy, he was going to be of the line of Judah. So that already wipes out eleven twelfths of all of Israel. So only one uh, line, the line of Judah. Remember, he had eleven brothers, and actually had another sister too. So, but it, uh, so it'd be uh, 12 thirteenths, if you want to put it that uh, put it that way. Were not included in this, so that already narrows it down. Whoever it was going to be was of the line of Judah, and um, but then it also says he was a line of David. So that even wipes out all of those in the line of Judah except those who came in the line of, of David. All right. So it just knocks out even more. And it just keeps narrowing it down to a particular person. He was a Semite because he was from Abraham. Remember, Abraham had two sons, Isaac and Ishmael. So both of them were sons of of, um, of Abraham, but only one was a son of promise, uh, as it said uh, later on and and way back then, too. So Abraham, but but that was a Semitic race. But he was also Jewish, because he was the line of Jacob. So he was one of the children, or one of the descendants of the line of Jacob. So he was Semitic. He was from the line of Jacob, so he was Jewish. And he was out of the line of David, so he was out of that line of Judah. So he came from Abraham, and then he came from Isaac and Jacob. So Isaac, so he was Jewish, but he was also the line of David, which meant he was a line of Judah. So um uh, those are three things that narrowed it down to him but then there will be other things. Now Jesus was to be the Christ the the deliverer the anointed one is is what that literally means. And in being so he would be God's final prophet. He would be the last prophet and tell the world the truth about God. He would be the one that would be the the image of the invisible God. So when people would look at him They would see what God would look like if he became man. And that's who he'd be. So he'd be the final prophet. And he would also be God's final priest and make a way to return to God. And there's also a passage about that, but we'll get that at another time. So he was going to be a prophet, and he was going to be a priest. But what else would he be? He would be God's final king to rule over Israel and the whole world. So the deliverer had to be a prophet a priest, and a king, and he was going to be all three of those things. So uh, uh, in in talking about those things, it just starts narrowing down. And as more and more of uh, his life goes on, you're going to see more and more things that are just going to narrow him down, so he's the only possibility uh, that there is. Now we're going to shift the subject back, or shift the scene, let me put it that way, uh, back to Mary now. So Mary was engaged to be married to Joseph. All right, so she was engaged to him. He was; they were going to be married. And earlier, uh, the angel came to Mary to tell her what was about to happen to her. And remember, she says, "Let it be to me according to His word, according to God's word." <clears throat> and so she was going to she, accept that as from the Lord and submit to it and not complain about it, but just be what you uh, needed to be. Um, and. So that angel told her about that. Now Joseph, who was Mary's husband, or almost husband, just about to be, found out she was pregnant. And so he didn't know what to think about that. I mean, he would think what any normal person would think, that somehow she had had sexual relations with somebody. But it wasn't going to be—and we'll talk about that here. And what does the angel reveal to him? Now Joseph had thoughts and probably assumptions about this. One, Joseph thought Mary had sexual relations with another man. Two— Joseph did not want to shame her, so he wanted to find somewhere where she could live away from the embarrassment. And plus, who knows what could have happened? Something else might have happened also, but let me read that passage that talks about that and maybe we can explain this a little bit. So in Matthew 1, 18 and 19 it says this. Now the birth of Jesus Christ was as follows. After his mother Mary was betrothed to Joseph, before they came together, she was found with child of the Holy Spirit. Okay, we know that much already. Then Joseph, her husband, this we didn't know yet, then Joseph, her husband, being a just man, in other words, he was a good, decent, and honorable man, but he, he knew that something had to happen here. He was a just man, and not wanting to make her a public example, was minded to put her away secretly. So by being a public example, that could probably be anything as far as even up to death, where she, uh, because of adultery, she could have been stoned to death. But he says he was a just man, and he didn't want to make her a public example. He didn't want her to be the example of a bad woman in front of everybody. So he was—he had it in his mind that he wanted to put her away secretly, and, and she could give birth somewhere else and out of the public eye in a place where uh, it wouldn't be so bad for her. So that was what he was thinking. So Joseph and Mary were engaged to be married before the event took place, all right? And Mary was found to be pregnant, but unbeknownst to Joseph, it was of the Holy Spirit. He had no idea that this is what was happening. And she evidently didn't tell him. Maybe she just thought it was better to just trust the Lord and see how uh, he would deal with this situation. So Joseph wasn't just worried about the shame, but that she would be a public example, uh, and maybe possibly through physical harm to her. So he just wanted to take care of this situation and help her out. And I don't know what he thought, if he thought he should marry her or not, what the deal was. But anyway, he was considering that she should travel somewhere in secret uh, to endure this situation that's going on in her life. So that's kind of what's going on. So Joseph was a man who really loved God. He did. He was a good man, a decent man, loved the Lord. So Joseph trusted in God. And because of that, I believe, I says, God decided to reveal his plan to Joseph. Alright? So God wants Joseph to know what's going on, so he fills him in on the details here. In verses 20-23 through in Matthew 1, it says this, But while he thought about these things, behold, an angel of the Lord appeared to him in a dream, saying, Joseph, son of David. Now notice this, both Mary and Joseph are of the line of David. Okay? So they're both of the line of Judah. Joseph, son of David, do not be afraid to take to you Mary your wife, Okay, so now there's some things. Now Joseph's in on the situation, and I'm sure this is a great relief to him. But said, uh, here's what the situation, here's what he's finding out, that the deliverer would be a son. So it would be a male. All right. His name would be Jesus. They uh, told it that right off the bat. His name would be Jesus. He would save his people from their sins. In other words, the Israelites, that's what he would do. And But we know that's a wider scope than that, but at least at this particular point. He would fulfill prophecies in the Old Testament, you know, and his name would be Emmanuel, which means God with us. And so, remember we talked about that the deliverer would be the Lord himself. And that's what his name means, God with us. So remember, the Old Testament prophecy is Isaiah 9-7, and it talks about it's a description of David and what his kingdom would be like. And then there's Matthew 1-1, there's 1, the fulfillment of that, all right? Then Isaiah 7-14, it talks about him being born of a virgin. And in Matthew 1-22 and 23, we, t- we see the fulfillment. That's what the angel tells him, that this uh, child would be born of a virgin. Now, the Deliverer would have a lot of names. De- <clears throat> Let me rephrase that. The Deliverer would have many names. It isn't as though he's, uh, uh, he wouldn't have many names. Like um, uh, he would have Jesus. He would have Yahweh. He would have um Muhammad or Buddha or things like that. They're Joseph Smith or whatever. It wasn't anything like that. What there would be is <clears throat> all the different names that you see about God. They're the same God, but what they are are references to his nature and character, what he is like. Just like the name Jesus doesn't just mean Jesus as a person. It has meaning to it, and the meaning is God with us. And so that's what he would be. So there would be names like Christ, which would mean the anointed one, the one that God has specifically chosen for this particular task. And now the name would be Jesus. The name Jesus uh, by itself means Savior. Uh, that's what it names. Emmanuel, which would be God with us. Son of God would be God's representative to us, to humans. And then Son of Man, you'll see later on, is now his, he's man's representative to God. And that'll come about as we uh, talk about that some, here, uh, some more. So what did Joseph do? He did what the angel told him to do. In verses 24 and 25, it says this, Then Joseph, being aroused from sleep, did as the angel of the Lord commanded him, and took to him his wife. And he did not know her, and what he means by that is he did not have sexual relations with her until she had brought forth her firstborn son, and he called his name Jesus, just like God told him to. So there's a a belief out there that Mary... Uh, it's called the Immaculate Conception. and Now, a lot of people misunderstand what that term means. They think that it was a divine birth, but it isn't. It, what it means is that Mary was born without sin. That's what the term means. But we know from Scripture that all have sin, uh, all have sinned and come short of the glory of God. And Mary, in herself, in her what we call the Magnificat, she says, I have rejoiced in God my Savior. So why would she call him a Savior if she didn't need to be saved? So she wasn't sinless. She was just like everybody else, but she was a good person. She was good. She loved God. She understood God. She believed God. And God chose to use her, <clears throat> a frail human being, in order to do this uh, to uh, work. And so, and then some people say she stayed celibate all her life. But we see right from the scripture, what does it say? Uh, Joseph, being aroused, did as the angel of the Lord commanded him, took, him to, uh, took uh, to him his wife, and did not know her or did not have sexual relations with her, Until she had brought forth her firstborn son. And after that, they had normal marital relations with each other as any human couple would. And as a matter of fact, you'll find out later on that he had brothers and sisters and so on. So anyway, Joseph believed God also, just like Mary did. Joseph did not have sexual relations with Mary until after Christ was born. And some, like I said, some believed she was celibate all her life, but she wasn't. Now, have you ever heard the statement, you, uh, you must have had a lot of faith to do what you have done? Have you ever, I'm, I know as a missionary, we hear this a lot of times says, Boy, you guys must have, I could never do that. I could never do those things. Well, Mary couldn't either, but God could through Mary. And that's the way it is with us. God can do whatever he wants to through us. Uh, in the Old Testament, you see a man by the name of Balaam, and God used a donkey to talk to him. So I don't think it's much of a problem. He can use us in whatever capacity he sees fit. He can give us strength. He can weaken us, whatever it takes, to do the task that he wants done. We need to submit to him. And just as Mary submitted to God and said, let it be according to me, according to his word, so Joseph said, okay, I'll do what you want me to do. And so he took care of his wife and everything until that Christ was born, and and then they called his name Jesus as God told him to. So that's a conclusion. You've heard this. You've heard a lot of faith about, you know, people say you must have a lot of faith to do what you have done, you know. And um, that said to a lot of missionaries, I said, one thing, this is really kind of surprising to me. And I want you to consider this. We, you and me, at least we have the benefit of other people before us um, and what they believe and understand and their experiences to draw on strength and advice from in other words, you and I, we can look back to the scriptures, and we can see all this, and we can draw strength and encouragement and, and belief from that, because we see it. It's been written down. We look to friends of ours who have gone through trials, and we can look to that. And we can see that, and we can say, boy, you know, if they can do it, so can I. And I don't mean that I do it in my own strength, but if they can endure that for the Lord, then I, I can endure it for the Lord also. But I want you to notice something here. This is very unique, I think. There is something different here about this situation. Mary had no one but God to believe that this would happen to her. In other words, she had nobody she could reference in the Old Testament and say, you know, there's never been another virgin that ever gave birth to a child. Ever. Now we have Sarah, uh, you know, and, and, and Elizabeth, who are beyond the age, But it wasn't because they had never had sexual relations with their husbands. It's just that they couldn't give birth. And God caused them to have birth. But with Mary was different. She became pregnant apart from any of that. And so uh, that's what's different. She had nobody else to rely on as an example. So what she had to do was trust only in the Lord that he was telling the truth. That's quite a deal. I really appreciate her for that. but what about our faith? Do we believe God in the same way Mary did? Are we willing to trust him? Are we willing to are we willing to just are we real I'm sorry, are we willing to believe God that what he says is true? I hope so. Well, We're going to continue on after this. As you can see, my background's a little bit different. I'm up in Waukesha, Wisconsin at the New Tribes or at the Ethnos 360 Bible Institute. And I just decided to do a podcast up here. And I like this background, it makes me look smarter, I think. So I'm just kind of fun in with that. But, you know, I'm just really grateful for you guys. And thanks for listening. It's just been, it's getting exciting for me now. You know, for all these months, all these uh, hundreds of, oh, not hundreds. But 60, this is a lesson 63. And for all these lessons, I'm finally getting to the point that the promise of God made back in Genesis 315 is now going to come to pass. And I'm really, really excited about that. So thank you guys for listening. Keep on listening. And boy, we're going to get into some really, really good stuff here uh, in the next uh, few weeks. So take care. Thank you for all you've done. We'll talk to you later. Bye.